I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I would like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nations, the traditional custodians of the land on which we stand today. I would like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hi everybody. Hi there. My name is Jane. My name is Kurt. And this is Major Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows and then talk about them here on the podcast to try and figure out why we love the things that we love. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're uh, gearing up towards the end of our rose-tinted glasses. Rose-coloured glasses. Rose-coloured right. glasses, yes. That's yes, right. Yes. Where we've been uh, breaking apart some children's shows. Uh, I really can't believe that... We ended up getting a bunch of Scottish kids in the middle of the Australian outback. Yeah, that was last week's episode. True. I'm just, it just, I just, it's not something I expected to watch. And I, this is coming from someone who gave you, I guess, parallel universes and a small country hick town. So, the ch- world of children's shows is definitely an interesting one. That's right, and there's so, so, so many that we haven't even delved into. We've done a lot of Australian kids TV shows, and there's still a lot more Australian kids TV shows. I think we we want to give each other, but are trouble trouble getting access. <laughs> Or, you know, just, like, it's hard to, to pick the ones that may have actually been good or the ones that, like, just maybe were there. I mean, we didn't pick Ocean Girl. No, or Cyber Girl. Or Round the Twist. Round the Twist. See, I never really watched Round the Twist. Oh, really? I saw a couple of episodes. I think it was more my older brother watched it. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, I definitely was around for when the remix of the Round the Twist theme song became really hopping up at the clubs. <laughs> Shouldn't have said it that way. Hopping up at the clubs. You are so cool. I'm so hip. (laughs) Anyway, Kurt, what did you have me watch this week? This week, I made you watch Total Drama. So what the fuck is this show? (laughs) I've never heard of this before. I couldn't figure out how old it was. So it's actually from uh, 2007. Uh, okay, so all right. So it's, 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 it's on the tail end of when I probably wouldn't have told my friends at high school that I was watching kid shows. Sure. Uh, it doesn't really... F- anyway, continue. Um, and the thing is that this is kind of a parody show, really. Yeah. Um, and uh, what I really like about Total Drama is originally, actually, Jane corrected me before we started recording, uh, I always think of this show as Total Drama Island, but that's uh, more based on terms of the series. It has the, follow- the second season being Total Drama Action, and then you've got follow-up of Total Drama World Tour, Total right. Drama Revenge of the Island. Okay, so that's why it's not just called Total Drama yeah. Island, because they, the series does various it, different... It changes sh- the settings. setting, yeah. So then following up from Total Drama Island, they kind of end up doing an Amazing Race sort of thing. With I World love Tour. The Amazing Race. Oh my gosh, I love The Amazing Race. I mean, I haven't seen it in like... A, I don't even know uh, if it's still on. I think I think there are other shows that do a similar thing now. Do they? W- without elimination, which is kind of weird. I mean, sure, whatever. I don't know. I'm so... I'm really not down on the reality TV of these days. No, we're not. But, um... No, so that's what the show has kind of done. And what I found very interesting is that when I watched this as a kid, this was kind of like home from high school, like no one else was around to kind of make sure, and they'll be like, okay, I'm going to watch some cartoons. And it's kind of got this weird, quirky parody humour that I found entertaining because I couldn't handle quirky parody, South Park-style crude humour. Right. So this was like 
my naughty show. <laughs> and I know it's very tame. No, I kind of get that. For, yeah, for, like, for, for a Christian sheltered... It's very irreverent. Yes, I suppose that's the thing. It's It, it, it has some toilet humour, which I knew you were going does to it. enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found interesting when I was actually looking into it is that it's actually a Canadian-produced show mm-hmm. um, because I actually thought that it was American-produced and they were just making fun of all these American stereotypes, as you would. Um, but And when they start making fun of Canada later on in the show, I was like, oh, that's... Is that okay? Is that okay? And then I was like, oh, it's, it's Canadian-produced. Yeah. I guess it is okay because they're making fun of themselves. You know, it's a bit of that uh, similar feel that I had that I never really thought about the first time I watched it, but maybe when you were watching The Nanny being like, they're making all these very stereotypical Jewish jokes, but she's Jewish, so I mean, they're it's, poking fun at it. It's different when it's just like oh, yeah. Canada, because like everybody can make fun of Canada. <laughs> Why can everybody make fun of Canada? Anybody, I just mean anybody can make fun of any country that is like predominantly white. Oh, okay. Like gotcha. you're to- you can make fun of Australia. Of Australia. I mean, again, like that's I'm talking like but, predominantly white, uh, you know, dominant um, colonialist culture. Mm. We're not initially white and we shouldn't be entirely white. Anyway, the point is you can make as much fucking fun you like of white culture. Right. Okay. Which this show does. It's, yep. it's making fun of Canada, but it's making fun of, like, white Canada. Yeah, yeah. Although, um, anyway, comments in the reactions, you'll hear them. Yeah, and so um, when I was watching this back and even talking to some of my um, younger co-workers across from me who haven't heard of any of the other TV shows that we've talked about this season, but Total Drama Island, they were like, oh, I remember that show. Um, because they were a little bit younger. And so sure, this would have sure. been for people a bit younger than us who maybe would have gotten on board with this seven-year-long-running series what? that actually has seven two, years? two spin-off shows. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's mad. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's actually quite successful. Uh, the, um, uh, the related shows are Total Drama Rama and Total Drama Presents The Redonkulous Race, which I think is when they fully committed to The Amazing Race yeah, right. kind of capacity. Yeah. Um, and so, but with a whole set, because they kind of have returning characters, kind of like all stars and that sort of thing happened in the first few seasons. But these spin-off shows, I never watched, uh, but they became a part of, um, you know, trying to branch out and do a little bit more different new characters, very fresh, completely sure, new, sure. Not, don't have to have the same survivor knockoff parody host guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So ultimately, uh, it uh, premiered on the Canadian cable television specialty channel, Teletoon. Uh, and then eventually on the Cartoon Network channel in uh, America. And what did you watch it on? Uh, I'm pretty sure I watched it on ABC Three Kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I I very much enjoyed it. Um, and uh, it's it was created by uh, Jennifer Perch. I'm definitely not pronouncing that right. P E R T S C H. Uh, and Tom McGillis. Oh yeah, like Perch. Yes. Um, and they're they're. <laughs> And their credits seem to just basically consist of this massive franchise because... I'm sure they'd never have to do anything else. They don't have to do anything else ever again. Uh, But yes, it's basically a complete mock-up of um, Survivor with Mm. a few more teen tropes thrown in there. Yeah. Um, And and this is actually available on Netflix. Yes, yes. uh, Currently in the... uh... Eastern, the European and Australian uh, divisions of Netflix still right. do have this as well because in other areas, Netflix is very different. True. Yes. True story. Um, okay, so I'm just going to give uh, Jane some of the initial uh, show in Epitex that I gave her. Mm-hmm. There's not much because... No, you didn't, you didn't give me a lot. I didn't because either I was just going to tell you every single name of all of them and what they looked like, or, and then I was like, I'm just going to give her a picture with a list okay, of names. Okay, but you didn't give me a picture? I did! Where? In the link. What link? Oh no, I didn't save over. It's fine, I didn't care. (laughs) But also, I was like, there's no photo there. (laughs) There is a colon at the end of my note saying, here, if you get lost or something, and it's just not. Yeah, anyway, that's okay. fine. It's fine. Sorry. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, it's just you'll find in my recap there are not a lot of names, but that's okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. To be honest, it took me a long time to get to know their names until the end, and today I'll probably even struggle with their names because I was jumping around the series this a lot, trying sure. to figure out which ones to go with. Yeah. Okay, so I gave Jane um, two episodes uh, pretty fresh in from season one, episode three, The Big Sleep, and episode four, Dodge Brawl. 
It's basically a cartoon parody of Survivor crossed with a summer camp setting. Only it's uh, the only one elimination has occurred so far, but this Canadian produced series has several stereotypical characters. Um, <laughs> and I'm saying here to follow the image of a season one cast with names to identify who you're working with, which is not present in my notes to Jane. But um, in their confessional videos in the Dunny, they will help point you out to who, which team they belong to, because as I tell her in my epitext, these group of happy campers have been split up into two teams, known as the Screaming Gophers and the Killer Bass. After losing the first challenge of a high jump into the ocean, uh, the Team Killer Bass would have to vote someone off the island, and Ezekiel ended up saying some super sexist shit, uh, so no one's really surprised that he was eliminated. Great. So, episode three, The Big Sleep. The day begins with what the campers think is a challenge, a 20k run around the lake. Some campers are fine, but like the MP3-obsessed girl, but some campers basically die from the effort. The host announces that that wasn't the challenge, though, and reveals a big turkey dinner, which they all ravenously go for. But then it turns out that also wasn't the challenge. They have to stay awake for the next 24 hours, and whoever lasts the longest wins for their team. The host plans several ways to send them to sleep, fairy tales, harp music, and the history of Canada, but eventually only goth girl and punk guy are left. Punk guy falls asleep on the toilet, so goth girl wins for the team. Throughout the app, the manipulative girl plans ahead, forming an uneven alliance with Lindsay and Beth, maybe? I think was her name? I think so, Beth. Beth? Yeah. And she also steals MP3 girl's MP3 player so that she blames her teammates for stealing it. This causes her team to get mad and vote her out at elimination. Also, the big guy ate lots of beans, which causes him to sleepwalk and have flatulence. <laughs> that was too much a part of the episode. Yeah, I chose to ignore it. Uh, episode four, Dodge Brawl. The next day, everyone is exhausted, especially goth girl and punk guy. The challenge is dodgeball, best of five. Punk guy refuses to play, going to sleep instead, and preppy Heath on the other team is also like, you guys got this, and just reads his book. The Gophers win the first two games easily, even with Lindsay sneaking off with a Bass contestant to flirt beneath the boardwalk. Manipulative girl catches her. Bass team wake up Punk Guy, who basically tells them to just throw all of their balls at one person at a time, and then catches them up so that the teams are neck and neck. The nerdy dude, who they wouldn't let play, is the only one left for the Bass team, but it turns out he's really good at dodging, so all he needs to do is catch the ball once to win, which he does, sending Gophers to elimination, or they vote at Heath for being an ass. Yep. That's it. That's it. Reaction. Oh, yes, please give me these. It's probably a bad idea for me to try and watch this at uh, 10.56 at night, but here we are. Total drama. Not Total Drama Island, as you said. It's just called Total Drama on Netflix. For some reason, I didn't expect this to be animated. Oh, well. The poor seagull. It's got some plastic around its neck. Todd Kaufman. I know that name. Make a note to look that up later. 20Ks is a very long run if you're not a runner. I'm not really loving the way that these girls are drawn. It's a little bit icky to me. I guess there are a few different kinds of body types, which is better than nothing. It's just those super skinny ones make me feel weird, like with their zero waists. Ugh. This is like a literal torture technique. It's very cruel. All this talk of sleep makes me want to go to sleep. I'm so sleepy. That was such a line. <laughs> Lol, MP3 player, when was this thing made? Seriously, these fairy tales are making me want to fall asleep. Just got to get through one watch of these two shows and then she'll be right. I wonder if Counting Sheep has ever actually worked for somebody. It has never worked for me, but you know, maybe there's a logic to it. I think I remember reading somewhere that it's almost impossible to do something that actually can cause you harm while you're sleepwalking. Because there's like a survival instinct that kicks in no matter what. It's the same as when you're hypnotised. You can't hurt yourself, at least not on purpose. Your body just won't let you. Ugh, gay panic moments. What is this, 1992? 
Weirdly, some of the subtitles don't match the words. Like, the words said real, but the subtitles said damn. I wonder if it's been, like, censored. I do appreciate how much this host looks like the actual Survivor host. But maybe, like, at the beginning of the Survivor days. He's probably been on there for a long time now. That show has been going for a thousand years. And Lamo was replaced with Stupid. That is the strangest subtitle substitution I've ever seen. Fart jokes. Excellent. He is absolutely Napoleon Dynamite. Gosh. Which makes me think maybe this is very 2004-2005. I really do hate the dumb blonde trope. Like, could you be any less creative? I'm going to need to finish this in the morning. I'm too tired right now. Okay, 8am the next morning. Let's try this again. How many games are they supposed to play? Is it best of three or best of five? Because if it's best of three, then they've already lost. If it's best of five, then it's not just one more game. Weird. Is this show also a little bit racist? I feel like it might be a little bit racist. Okay, that's it. I guess I just don't really have a lot to say about this show. I think it might be a little bit racist. Yes, I think it's a little bit racist. Do you think that's common for shows of 2007? Or do you think that's common for shows trying to comment on different types of teenagers? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think that definitely this whole, like, um, uh, how do I say this? Like, it's funny because it's true stereotype, stereotype, grain of truth. Yeah, yeah. like p- people were very into that in 2007, like yeah. trying to be like a little bit edgy by being like, well, listen to the way that the black girl talks, but like black girls really do talk that way. So like it's what? Like, so like, there, yeah, there's a certain level of like representation for how some of these people might actually act. Like, but I don't think that was really what they were doing with Lashana. Again, Unless people in the creative team were black, I don't buy it. Mm. Like, it's just very, you know, like, ooh, let's make her stereotypical and very just, like, sassy black girl. But the only thing is that that is almost... It's not really their saving grace, is that all of their characters are stereotypical. It's not, let's have, let's make this, this character like this and that makes it racist, but they do it for all races? Is that less, Jer- Is that less it- racist? <laughs> I honestly don't know. No, it's it's a case of, again, if you're making fun of white people, you can do whatever you want. You can, I mean, I again, I don't love the dumb blonde stereotype, but it's less offensive right. than a sassy black girl stereotype. Because I even felt weird about, uh, you know, the person with the European accent is the stronger woman who just is angry and gets really mad and I was I mean again I wasn't offended by that stereotype because like again you can make fun of European people all you like they're the dominant culture yeah it's okay to do that but not Um, for a minority you know as much as I don't I don't like you know the dumb blonde stereotype like cheerleader stereotype because like I don't think it's a true story I'm less offended by it because like we haven't also been oppressing you know (laughs) blonde cheerleaders for the past you know yeah I mean not in the same way obviously no yeah feminism different sort Um, of things that have definitely happened yeah um no yeah yeah It's, it's, it's just like the the stereotyping I get what they're going for but you have to be so much more careful about that when you involve racial elements, which you should do because you should have Have a diverse cast, but that doesn't mean that suddenly you can just like play into those stereotypes because that's perpetuating negative imagery of a people that have been oppressed and mocked for years and years and years. So like maybe just think for half a second about what you're doing. Yeah. You know? And this is why this kind of show just never appeals to me. Like, the whole, you know, let's play with stereotypes. They're not playing with stereotypes, they're just doing stereotypes. Yeah, they're just showing them. And that's one of the things that I found difficult when I was re-watching this show, is I was like, okay, but don't they kind of try and invert the stereotype and, and make them a little bit, like, as you progress through the series and, like, see a little bit more of these people? And... 
It's actually the worst in the first season. Sure. It does get a little bit better. Um, and I, and I, we'd hope that for something that went on for seven seasons, it would not be repeating this same yeah, yeah. kind of representation. Uh, you know, it get, does get more diverse, but also Lashana comes back in season two and I think has a bit more of a story arc and isn't as pigeonholed, I mm. suppose, um, as she is in, in this season. Uh, but uh, I just... Touching a little bit on, on when we get to the end of this uh, podcast episode and why I think I really loved the show. Um, but I guess, like, you know, we don't really have summer camp as a thing here in mm. Australia. Um, we do have, like, Cub Scouts or, like, that kind of sort of, Yeah, you of, might like, go on Scout a thing. camp. Uh, yeah, like, I've been on one camp um, at, like, a national park and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, but... Um, and with the, the dodgeball episode in particular, um, there was something about this that kind of made me feel like it was like being a part of an American high school experience. I, I don't think I'd really watched much apart from Smallville, Mm -hmm. um, like high school based, um, CW shows, you Mm. know, um, I was a little bit older when, when that was coming around the market in terms of accessibility or vantage point, because I always had basically Gilmore Girls, Gossip Girl, and this show as my entries into kind of like having that American high school experience that I really dreamed about because of too much TV and movies. I just wonder, so like, I obviously love a teen drama. So like, I'm very aware of the irony behind the statement I'm about to make. (laughs) But what is it about the American high school experience I think it's that just, we fucking are so drawn to. I think it's been romanticised through culture. But, like, most of the depictions aren't romantic. Oh, yeah, they're quite negative, they're actually. Like, it seems like a horrible place to be. It seems like a hellscape. And don't get me wrong, high school is, is a, a hellscape. It is a hellscape, yes. But, like, it's not the... My oh high school my experience gosh. was nothing like the quintessential American high school experience. And I'm always just like... Is that a true story of what it's like in America or is that just part of the dominant fictional stereotype that we've seen? Sorry, you've got a very weird expression on your face. Yeah, what no, revelation have you just had? That the hell mouth in Buffy is a metaphor for how... Have I you, know! I just... You, I had my mouth open for while Jane was talking. Did you the, just... I just realised that. I can't. <laughs> she's trying to walk out of here, but I she's connected to the computer. <laughs> I can't believe you've never... <laughs> like, I understand that, you know, high school is hell, but I didn't realise that it, the high school literally being on the hell mouth, and I'm like, why is it called a hell mouth? Because um, I have different, like, like, demon terminologies. the quintessential... <laughs> metaphor. Metaphor. For the entire series. Behind the show. <laughs> and the concept, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's almost like through a log uh, line, you could, you could say what the metaphor is in the show. Oh, my God. But what the setting is. Uh, for those of you who are catching up on me and Jane's uh, history, uh, Jane, the first thing that Jane forced me to watch is actually Buffy the Vampire Slayer for several years when we first met in high school, and she's just a little high bit in school. shock. University. university. We met in university. Thank <laughs> yes, you very much. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that show in particular also, uh, I think, was is a, an element of romanticizing what it would be like. Yeah, totally. But it's just kind of like this whole, like, the idea of, you know, popular people and cheerleaders. Yeah, and, blah, blah, blah. and the like, and I stuff don't know. Like it's just like not really what I understand high school to be, but it is so much what our, our fiction is mm. dominated by. Yeah. And I'm just like, is that... Is it just that these ideas of high school have just, like, fed into each other? I think so. Because, I mean, even when you have something um, like... Uh, and now I, this might be a controversial point, but I'm very glad that at least um, they always provide uh, mental health numbers and assistance uh, before and after their shows. But 13 Reasons Why. Sure. Um, trying to break out of some of the standard stereotypes that you have around... Um, what these cliques and cliches and social uh, structures are made of in a high school dynamic, um, but almost and still in, in in TV shows that are only just coming out now, I'm still seeing this sort of thing replicated. When I don't think it's that much, I think it's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's amped up for dramatic appeal, for aesthetic, for looks. Um, so you yeah. can you can then color coordinate how people are going to look, their makeup and stuff like that. Even for just a high school, it's visually more dynamic to have this kind of version of stereotypes and cliques and groups and types of people than to just have a sea of the boring people that we would just basically see in in our high school when we have uniforms and it's just like. But gray. Even, even without uniforms, like it's just you know. 
I mean, the hard thing is like, it's, it's impossible for us to judge. Most mm. Australian schools with like cheerleading is not a thing. No. Um, sports for your school are not a thing. I don't know about where you grew up. We had sports for our school that oh, we would really? compete with other schools. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Okay. Well, where I come it's from. It's not a big, big thing. Um, but, you know, when we were competing against a, a neighbouring high school, basketball, football. Like a, like a season-long competition? Not. It doesn't go as long. It probably only goes on for about 10 games. It's not very right. long. Right. So we had nothing like that. If, yeah. if you played a sport, you played – it was club sport. It wasn't um, – it was not school sport, uh, except for in primary school where I played netball for my team. Mm. But in high we school, we, we there, there was no no school sport. I mean, there was PE, but there was no school sports. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no like school pride. There was oh, there was definitely no school pride. <laughs> there was no like, and and there was no like. Oh, you mean you don't mean P flag gay. LGBTQIA plus pride, you mean like school pep pride. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. Sorry, that's what I meant. Um, and there was no... No, there was no school pride at my school. No. And there was also no like... Um, like, sure, there were groups of people. Yeah, but it but wasn't there were no, these, like Those popular. are the popular ones. Or... Yeah. It was more like wherever you went to primary school was whoever you continued to hang out with. And then like eventually you over would get a few a couple years, of others. you know, like yeah. my school group was an amalgamation of... Um, kids from O'Connor, the school that I went to, and kids from Boulder. And we kind of eventually realised that we, like, you know, were sort of from the same side of the tracks and, like, became friends with one another. But that was that was, that was was how that worked. It was never popular, unpopular. No, I agree. But, but like, stoners. Like... I will say, though, there's generally a corner or a darker section that's less supervised or covered in shady trees that ends up being, like, where kids go to smoke. There probably was. We accidentally sat there because we thought it was a really cool spot in year seven when we first got to high school and it turns out the smokers just hadn't gotten there yet and they um, were kind of pissed that we were in their spot. Yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't know where that... I mean, I, know, I have some ideas on why that might have been. There were plenty <laughs> of shadowy corners in my school. I don't know where the smokers went or the stoners went. I'm sure that they were there. Yeah, somewhere. no, that's the only thing that I remember being a visible, actual kind of cliche group thing. That was one. Yeah. It was there. Yeah. But, you know, those people were more three-dimensional than even as we would see in this TV show and that sort of thing. Yeah, so I guess my I, I guess what I'm kind of trying to come back around to is, like, you say that you were watching the show because it gave you, like, the kind of vision of the stereotypical American high school. And I guess I'm still just wondering why why, people why we it. as a culture are so drawn to that idea. I think it's, uh, you know, a bit of uh, Ouroboros, snake feeding on itself, uh, that it's just kind of like, oh, yes, that's how American high schools are. Oh, isn't that a romantic idea? And, you know, we've got movies and romance attached to this sort of thing in terms of P.S. to all the volleys I loved or... You know, whatever else this 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 kind of dynamic of yes, no, it's 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 frustrating. Nobody really understands me. Um, you know, I've got this thing. I'm figuring out who I am, mm. even my sexuality, my identity. Oh, this person really understands it. It's just like I even really connected with the second book in the Twilight series, just because I was in a really dark point and mentally, I kind of really connected with Bella when she was alone from Edward for so long. Not because I had a, abandonment issues with a non-existent ex-boyfriend. Did you sit in a chair staring out the window for six? <laughs> months that book is ridiculous it is such a ridiculous book um so because of that romanticization uh i do think that uh we just naturally feel comfortable with it Mm, there's a familiarity to it it's kind of like this is probably not that true or this friend is maybe not the best friend i should hang around with or be a good influence or is gonna help me have a better understanding of the world but it feels comfortable Sure. I think sure. that's probably what an element of it is. Which is, because I, I, I don't have, I don't see it appealing. Actually, I don't see it as appealing. I don't know why I'm drawn to it. I don't think I'm as drawn to it these days when I'm a bit more aware of what I'm watching and mm. taking a bit more in with um, what's happening before my eyes and the representation, the diversity. If it's actually being done well, if it's being done poorly. Um, but yeah, I really don't know why this is a thing apart from the fact that we are just so completely bombarded with it consistently yeah yeah because i guess i was trying to like sit here and figure out what might draw people to this show because as far as i'm aware it wasn't terribly funny um it wasn't terribly original no and it just can like 
Uh, all not... these jokes I've seen in other places before and they're just yeah. kind of putting them in and yeah. it's just putting them all in together. I think it, the form is something that really appealed to me as well. The fact it was, you know, playing around with um, the fact that it's a cartoon but you have cameras and, um, you know, a confessional video. Mm, and, sure. And so I think the internal editor or future editor within me definitely enjoyed certain aspects of that as well. So visually I think I found it more exciting because it wasn't just a simple cartoon. It was a cartoon trying to be a reality TV show. So that meant that it was playing around with the format a bit more. I guess there's also something behind the idea of like, I guess somebody saw the idea of here's a reality TV show, which is usually, you know, adults, obviously, but it's a very cutthroat type scenario. And they've gone like, you know what else is really cutthroat? Fucking high school. school. Mm. And so they've kind of gone like, well, let's see what happens when you put high school and summer camp kind of combined with reality TV strategy strategy competition shows, yeah. which is, you know, obviously it was very, very big at the time. Yes. I feel like 2007 would have been like heyday. Prime, like Survivor All-Stars Survivor seasons. All-Stars yeah. and all that kind of thing. And I guess in a way there's a little bit of ingenuity there in terms of finding the connections between those two and deciding to, to play them off of each other. I think uh, one of the reasons, and uh, I don't want to say this, support you as much as I am, but I think I might. I think one of the reasons why this bad show is not a success, uh, is, is so successful, is because it had the right time. It was it was kind of latching onto the success. Very zeitgeisty. Very zeitgeisty. And it kind of just, as Survivor kept rolling on, I never even liked Survivor myself. I don't think I've ever seen a full season of it. I know there are people who get obsessed with the strategy behind yeah, it. I, I think, think it's I've... a really interesting game of like cat and mouse and learning how to manipulate people but not manipulate people or just mm. be open if or be aggressive. I've seen Survivor. Like, I feel like when I lived at home, I used to watch Survivor, like, with my parents. I, I don't yeah. remember ever being like, like oh, my God, it. Survivor. But, you know, I think we definitely taped it every week for mum and dad. And mm. then I not, – not dad, for mum. And then I would probably sit down with her and watch it and, you know, try and make sure I watched it every week. Yeah, because so, otherwise you get lost. Yeah, and, and you know, there was, there was something there that I was kind of interested by. Oh, it's entertaining, it's... I'm sure. Um, it was just never something that I personally yeah. really got into. And, and it's probably like, you know, when mum just has NCIS on for the next four years. Oh my God, NCIS. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I definitely think that the reason why this show ended up being so successful is because it was really good timing mm. uh, and and so then it could keep kind of feeding into those other successful shows that were being popular at the time the amazing race and whatever else um the the the, the second season is a bit weird because it's like an action movie setting of like a film set i don't fully understand or remember what what the theme of is the show like, was i'm a celebrity get me out of here type stuff maybe or? but they're not celebrities and they come but they do have times where they come back and stuff I don't know, I'll have a look at it. Because I always feel weirded out when it's called Total Drama Action because I keep thinking that the thumbnail for it on um, Netflix was him in an Egyptian costume, but then that one just might be for the third season of Total Drama World Tour. Um, yeah, right, with the, uh, yeah, Egypt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a big sucker for pharaohs. Maybe that's just because um, uh, on the YouTube channel of Mr. Sunday Movies, Caravan of Garbage just finished oh, doing yeah, the, the entire Mummy trilogy. It was really fun, actually. Was... I don't think I've ever seen anything beyond the first Mummy. Really? You didn't see The Mummy Returns with the really bad Scorpion King CGI scene? I don't scene? think I did, because The Mummy really freaked me out with the scarab beetles under the skin. It was a pretty good, scary first movie. Yeah, I yeah, I didn't like it. So, I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it. Like, it freaked me out. So, I never watched any of the Mummy movies. Fantastic Brendan Fraser movies. Even though they absolutely destroyed his body. Poor Brendan Fraser. <laughs> but actually, uh, what I was uh, going to talk about before we got distracted by Brendan Fraser um, is that the creators of the show actually had a more successful... Well, not, depends what you define as successful... Uh, a more critically acclaimed show called Sixteen, as in the number six and then teen, and there are six characters. I know. But it, it actually seems like the characters are really well developed. And like, this is a Jewish-Canadian character who has... Or this is a Chinese rebellious character who's going against their particular stereotypes and flows and, and, and struggling with, with their based in the stereotype. But then all these individual characters have got this different point of branching out and as one of the only um, shows that while in, in Canada, but uh, for both English and French markets, like having uh, uh, for even non-animated categories and getting nominations for um, 
its representation and its score and uh, being a positive role model for today's generation. Great. Um, so it's it's. I mean, it's glad to know that they obviously moved hey, so, past this. So it seems that the writers are capable of that. You know, mm. I, I think that this actually may have predated. Oh really? That's Let me weird. Just check. That's a weird kind of back cycle. Yeah. It, oh, uh, yeah. Uh, kind of around the same time they did do it originally in two thousand four, uh, and so then they moved to Total Drama Island. I think they're like, what works? <sighs> what are people? What are people gonna watch? And so they did do actually a more interesting show <laughs> that had more of an interesting way of representing high school and American stereotypes and kids and being actually a bit multidimensional and they went to something less than to be more successful. Yeah. That's a bit disheartening, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I didn't mean to give you that no, information. It's fine. I guess I just I kinda wanna go and watch sixteen now because it's done by the creators of Total Drama and I'd probably find something more interesting about that yeah. kind of representation. Um, but it's not the big flashy one that had the format that ended up spanning a number of different countries and being really successful, running for seven years. Did you have particularly strong feelings about the animation style? Um, I, I totally get what you're saying in your reactions in terms of this itty bitty waist thing. Yeah, um, they're just like really weirdly it was very, drawn. It was very common like to have, uh, this was a very common thing around that time of animation. like your bodies being a little bit distorted, not necessarily into the fact that they have to be like these perfect V-shaped muscle men and little tiny boob, big wide hip ladies. Uh, and But that tends to be something that just keeps happening. So um, it's, it is frustrating for me that I probably wasn't as attentive to it as I should have been when I was watching it as a kid because I wasn't seeing myself in the female characters. Yeah, of course. You know, I was looking at the male characters, which, you know, have their general lankiness, bit awkward, bit I mean, short the, the, and the large. The guys, I think, kind of... Much better. Yeah, are generally pretty diverse looking. Um, Whereas... Although there's not really anything in between, like, skinny, lanky... Like, there's skinny, lanky, there's, there's muscular, of... and then there's the big guy. Yeah. Which, I mean, is annoying, but I don't... Yeah. Mm. I know that's, I know but that's... then for the girls, there's like four of them with the same body type, and then there's a, four of them who are like a bit more different. Yeah, and and I guess it's like, I mean, the itty bitty waist stuff, like, just kind of weirds me out because it's like itty bitty, and then like goes into like really like ridiculously bulbous hips. Yes. Yeah. But like, and then the the like short start halfway, like it's just a weird. Yeah, the way, way of the mini skirts them. work in this is, is doesn't make sense <sighs> actually. It's just really <laughs> strange. And then the but, way that they draw the girl with like the um the short shorts and the and the tank and the little boob tubey top, yeah. but who's a who's larger is like pretty icky to me. Like, oh yeah, with the with the two girls who wear the same clothes. Yeah, I can't yeah, but names. one of them one yeah. of them's little and one of them's large. Um, like that's just kind of weird to me. I think they could like. Stacy and Casey, or yeah, there were two words that, that there were two names that rhymed. Yeah, and they always had to be together. I remember. Yeah, but like, you know, she was shown in a very different body type. But it was almost like, are we making fun of this, or are we being okay with this? I mean, I, I, it felt to me like very fat shamey. Yeah, because like it looks like she's they're trying to squash her into the same clothes as the other girl wears. I don't know. Just something about the whole thing made me feel icky. Um, no, and Which honestly, I mean, that's I... one of the reasons why I was happy to bring it up and talk about it today, because... Um, you know, we've talked about She-Ra, which is a really fantastic representation totally. of this thing. And so I want to kind of show you that um, throughout the years, things have changed, things have got better, things have kind of backslid and maybe gotten worse. I mean, it's with... hard to know with this show, like, what what are they trying to do? Because like... by the sound of it, the creators don't have that kind of ill will you know, they're not trying to, they're just, they're just, I think they're compromising for what commercially became successful. I just feel like fat shaming isn't commercially successful. <laughs> like, at anyway, any rate, that, that, you're talking that specifically about this individual thing. I was talking on a broader spectrum in terms of why yeah. some different things or corners were made, but this was honestly a trendy thing to do. Uh, I'm not talking about fat shaming. I'm talking about uh, the way the body types are drawn. Right. This is a trendy thing in terms of uh, irregular shapes, uh, kind of more abstract style, not going towards realism or not going so far as a way that, you know, they're bubbles, um, but that they're kind it's of kind a little of very, quirky. very, like, fairly odd parenty type. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's all very it, angular. This and... was very common um, at the time, and um, body types were kind of all or nothing. You know, there wasn't a much middle ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get, like, I don't... 
I didn't hate the animation style in general. I mean, I don't have, I don't have strong feelings about animation. It's just generally you don't feel anything with the characters. Yeah, and there's I've, no emotion in the face. And and I felt nothing. Yeah, with I any <laughs> of these characters. Like I just had no. I just gave zero shits. Yeah. And because I gave zero shits about the characters, I gave zero shits about the show. Yeah. Like I don't. I still don't really get what there is to like here. You know what? To be honest, it was a bit of a struggle when I was going back watching the show again. And I was like, why did I like this show so much? A little bit. But then I was reminded when, as like, especially the dodgeball episode, um, because even just something as similar as when we got to play dodgeball in sport, that was a really big moment for me because, yeah, you probably just had a PE teacher who didn't want to deal with stuff and running around or whatever at that time. Uh, but it meant dodgeball, like they do in America. Really? Yeah. I hated dodgeball. I loved, I loved it. It scared me sometimes, and I would get pelted and hit. Sure, but on on some level, it was certainly just, oh my gosh, it's another American style school high school thing. And yes, I, I probably was a little bit obsessed, but I was, you know, watching so many episodes of Gilmore Girls and getting really. They don't play really dodgeball. Ex- in no, Gilmore they don't play. No, uh, Gilmore Girls was. They, that, what is it called? What is the prep school that she goes to? Uh, Chilton. Chilton. That's right. Is no dodgeball at Chilton. Chilton Academy. Chilton, Chilton Academy. Yes. They do not play. They do not lower <laughs> themselves to dodgeball at Chilton Academy. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like, I just was kind of like the dodgeball episode, especially, was just like really boring. I guess we've we've, we've found a bit of a, a recurring theme of like random game stuff that have these elements and challenges to them that for some reason I found very engaging and exciting. Yeah. Um, like it was a real, like, Olympics or game show or something when, oh, you don't know what the final result's going to be. Maybe it's just that I don't like sport. <laughs> Maybe well, that's I mean, the reason I can't relate to Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I, and I, I think it's a, it's a big and... jump to calling Yu-Gi-Oh! a sport. But, like, it's, you <laughs> it know... Is, it, is, it is a game. There's, there's, some, there's some of the same... Oh, the attack, kind of defense, feelings positions. that you might get from like rooting for somebody. Yeah, yeah like, true. I, I don't really feel that whole like, you know, go team type. Although, I, like when I play netball, I do. So, yeah. like, it's like I don't understand sports, but I think I don't really, I don't really enjoy watching netball unless I know somebody playing. Like, and I actually want to root for the team that I know. And so, because you didn't care about any of the characters when the underdog. Napoleon Dynamite character became a moment. It wasn't like, oh yeah, it's like no. uh, this is what I saw coming a mile away. This is what's going to happen. I'm not engaged. I was so not engaged. I yeah. didn't like that character. I didn't care about that character. Yeah, I didn't. What was the drawing on the mustache thing? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What was the point of anything? See, some of those jokes I probably would have found funny because I didn't fully understand what they meant. And you know, when you're a kid and there's a joke and a, you you know that it's meant to be funny, but you don't fully know why. Yeah. I think this show did that a bit for me when I was a kid, and I probably thought it was funnier than it actually was. Yeah. Just because either there wasn't like anything more to the joke or yeah. buying into the humor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like. I mean, he was so obviously Napoleon Dynamite, it wasn't funny. <laughs> Which is kind of like, and I also, like, my friends loved Napoleon Dynamite. I kind of didn't care and for I, it, but they did love, uh, yeah, they all loved it. Vote Pedro, totally. vote Pedro, vote Pedro. This is the thing, I didn't really like it that much, but I just, like, went along with it. Because yeah. my friends really liked it. Like, and I was uh, like, I just don't really get this humour. I, I really appreciate that you also did the fake whole, yeah, ligers. You know, because he would draw a time. Oh my and god! It's just... just like, uh, yeah, I would fake liking Napoleon Dynamite totally. because everyone fucking went ape shit over it. Every, like my my friends, seriously, it was all they talked about for so long, and I was just like, ah, it's fine. It's fine. It's yeah, fine. it wasn't like this is bad. I'm it pretty was sure good. I fell asleep during it. I think I did too. I think I had to watch it twice. So yeah, I don't know. Like they're, they're very clearly playing on, but again, it's just playing on the same stereotypes, but not playing on them, just like doing them. Yeah, he just was Napoleon Dynamite. There wasn't anything interesting about him. But guess... in Napoleon Dynamite, the whole point is you're rooting for him for some reason because I guess he's the underdog. Yeah. So they did the same thing here. But it wasn't as an impact because it's not his story. We have what twelve or however many characters, so it's yeah. it's pretty hard to kind of. It's not hard. You you can do it. I mean, you can't really relate to any of these characters. I guess maybe you could kind of. The most normal of them all is like Goth Girl. Yeah. And I guess she's kind of meant to be your audience surrogate because she's pretty, like, down to earth. And just a little bit, this is ridiculous, what are we doing? Totally, yeah. totally. I, I kind of get that that's her role. Yeah. And then everybody around her is meant to be ridiculous. She then, goes to the final three. Of course she does. Like, she's obviously meant to be a, like, a main character. Yeah, uh, a headline, a headrunner? 
a lead. Just a lead. <laughs> I'm tr- we're trying um, to use sports terms and we don't know sports. Yeah, I didn't even know that you were using sports terms. Uh, yeah, she's clearly meant to be a lead and she's meant to be your audience surrogate. So I guess if I had to pick like a character that I kind of got and was vaguely mm. interested in, it would be her. But also she's just, again... She's a blank slate of a character. She's a blank slate of a character. She's just like vaguely gothy so you make so it feels like she's got um, an identity yeah got an identity but then she's like just you know flirting with one of the guys and you know having a bit of a romantic storyline yeah and I don't know I don't know I didn't hate this <laughs> yeah I, okay so that that is saying something we've got to say it wasn't hated it wasn't hated I just didn't care yeah. at all yeah like I will walk away from this and never think about it. <laughs> to be honest, I'm kind of like, while I did get through a fair amount of the show and kind of got back into the swing of it, and it does get better in later seasons, but this is where I really connected to it. And sure. the Survivor parody, that was, you know, a big reason of what made the show the show. Yeah. And if you talk about Total Drama, people may not know what you're talking about, but if you say Total Drama Island, people will know what you're talking about if they're around a certain age bracket. Yeah, maybe the problem is like, I obviously just was t- way too old for this. Yeah, no, but I just wanted to try and say that um, while I gave you the episodes that that reflected into my nostalgia, my memory of why I enjoyed the show, these probably aren't the best episodes that the show has to offer. I mean, next week we're going to have the exact same thing. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Anyway. Um, but no, yeah, I, 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 I am... What I did find interesting about doing this process is that I started learning a lot more about the show myself. Sure. Um, because um, while I did eventually finish uh, all 352 episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, you know, I didn't get anything more from that. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, it's more... In- well, actually, the second last season is super interesting. But that's because they stopped playing a card game for the entire bloody show. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> well, they go back into ancient Egypt and there's time travel and shit and there's actual monsters and there's actual stakes and people have characters and die and it's not just card games. Anyway. Um, sure. When I started looking into this for the podcast, uh, and even when just I was left alone for myself looking at my phone, I was like, huh, 16, huh, oh, yes, critical claim. Oh, oh, this is a very interesting character. Oh, they've got a religion. Oh, they've got a different religion. Oh, cool. And I'm like... Why isn't this the show that I ever saw? But that show didn't air in Australia, you right? Know? Um, or at least not on um, free-to-air television. So now, so basically, by watching this show, you think you found a better show? I think so, <laughs> and I'm kind of into it. But I am—I was very curious to hear what your remarks would be, and I'm not surprised by any of them. Uh, in terms of how this show is attempting to be diverse and attempting to maybe do something with stereotypes, because it's also a parody, because but then it's just being lazy. I just feel like a parody. I don't really do humor very well. So like maybe I'm wrong about all of this. But I feel like a parody has to say something about the original that isn't completely obvious mm. about the original. So I feel like what they're going for is that like I said earlier they're going Survivor is basically high school politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with adult people in the jungle. So let's do high school politics with high schoolers in a summer camp setting. And then that's that's what they've attempted to do. And that's how they've attempted to turn the formula on its head. And, and theoretically, that would mean that you would show... There's, there's, there are theories around satire. Right. That the point of satire is to poke fun at the dominant power structures mm-hmm. in a way that is safer than just... In a way to illuminate what's wrong with the dominant power structures in a safer way than just coming out in and, protest yeah, of those power structures. calling out certain government officials, let's make a joke about it because then it's funny and then we're also saying, yes, also change this. Exactly. Right. That's, that's one theory about satire. Mm. I don't necessarily know if that's a... Uh, like exactly what people do with satire these days. I feel like that's kind of where it's meant to go, but most people just go like, lol, look at this thing, isn't it funny? Let me do it for you in a funny way. Yeah, and and then you've got so many things which like to parody other elements, and we've got a culture with social media which is just constant replication and imitation. Yeah. Um, And then when you've got all these different modes and um, uh, avenues and and, and platforms being replicated and shared and, and just 
just the same thing over and over and over again. Exactly. And they're trying to be funny, but they're not actually having anything to say. I think you're right in terms of what they were trying to go for. It's cutthroat. There's elimination. If 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 people you know, could vote someone out of high school, what would they be like totally. if you have to force to team up with each other? And you've got, like, the your classic, like, manipulative high school bitch girl being, like, the one who's trying to game the system, mm-hmm. um, you know, the same way that you would see on Survivor. So I think I feel like the point that they're trying to make is, like, these, these reality TV shows are actually just... What it's y- like being in high school. Yeah, or, like, you know, why... I feel like if what they were trying to say is like, why are all you idiots watching this show? It's just like you're in high school. It's just high school drama. You're all pathetic. I feel like if it were trying to say that, then like, I don't necessarily think I would agree with it, but at least it would be trying to say something. <laughs> yeah. Like at least it would be going going for that. But it's obviously not aimed at adults who are the dominant kind of, you know, consumers of those reality TV yeah, shows. Yeah. It's aimed at kids who don't really have a solid understanding of what happens on those TV shows anyway. Yeah, and so, so you're not actually aiming it at the people who could possibly get something out of it. You're just aiming it at kids and reinforcing the ideas that, you know, bitches bitches gonna be bitches and like, <laughs> you know And homeschooled kids are uneducated and gonna be sexist. Yeah, totally. You're actually just reinforcing that stuff because kids haven't gotten to the part where they can look at this critically and go like lol look at these adults being like children i think uh this show may have suffered from uh like people who are interested in wanting to do something and maybe have a bigger metaphor around what it was said but when it got greenlit survivor high school you know that would just yeah people go ape shit at this time yeah you know maybe maybe the the satire got kind of sucked out of it um, through the production process yeah. and, and when when maybe they decided that this wasn't going to be a show for adults, like an animated show for adults, mm. maybe they decided it was going to be a show for kids. I don't think anybody kind of turned around and said like, well, then, then the story should change because satire isn't going to work on kids in the way that we want to. Yeah, but I This mean, is all of my, like, guessing yeah. <laughs> that's what they're trying to do. Maybe they weren't trying to do that at all. Maybe it was just as simple as, like, high school, Survivor, Bam, we're great. But even um, you bringing that into it, I I didn't really connect those dots too much. I I I connected the whole strategy survivor kind of like with Heather, especially being that kind of character. Heather, is that her name? I believe so. Oh my gosh, of course her name is Heather. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure her name is Heather. Okay, great. (laughs) See, again, like, why? Like, that's just Why is her name Heather? (laughs) It's just so obvious. Like, it's not... Yeah, but kids wouldn't get that. But yeah, people who are a little bit older. See, we get it now. This is my point. Like, it's the the satirical elements would work on adults it's almost if like, they were a little bit cleverer but instead they've aimed it at kids who won't get the satire and also you know, like don't really get the jokes and it's just like like the full name of the host and wearing the board shorts what's and being, the full yeah. name of the host i don't know i'm just saying people who watch survivor would know about that host guy and as you said in your reactions you know he probably doesn't look this way and well yeah i don't know i just like if it's meant to be satirical it's aimed at the wrong group of people. yes i think it's almost like they made it for themselves it's almost like these people who are into cartoon and animation are in their own writing room figuring out what's funny, but it's not... You're definitely right. I don't think it's the right target market, and I think they've ended up making something that they find really funny, that they probably thought was really working, and it ended up being successful maybe for different reasons, and what they were actually trying to do wasn't really accomplished. Yeah, because the humour is is aimed at kids, but the satire should be aimed at adults. So either way, you're not getting the full story out of either one. No. You know, the the adults don't like the humour because it's basic and the kids don't get the satire so they just think it's funny. And then it's like, what is the show meant to be? I feel like you could, you could create a sati- satirical show for kids, but it has to be something that kids can understand. Mm. I guess, like, a, a part of what this show does do around its episodes is try to prove that kind of anyone can do anything in that sort of capacity. But it, it, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't really get incredibly deep in terms of, oh, wow, look at the, the obstacles you overcame. Like, there's still just a lot of just dumb jokes along the way yeah. and interesting way of making a game torturous for these kids. Um, you know, and that makes the animation more interesting when you've just got j- j- jumping sharks on fire that they've got to jump through before Cook cuts them something absolutely ridiculous that's still crawling from underneath the, the food tray. Sure. Um, but, yeah, it's just... 
I think visually it just really worked for me because it had those different things going on and none of that really, really mattered because, yeah, when there were jokes that would go over my head, I would just kind of follow along and assume it was funny and then I think I thought the show was better than what it was. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I totally but I, get it. But I think we really got to the root of why that is the case because it's, it's you know, it's using a medium that isn't very well understood by its target market. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's and they medium, didn't really but, uh, do it well. It's not a medium, it's, it's kind oh, of yeah, a, it's a, a, a content. Like yes. it's, it's, it's playing on an idea that kids aren't engaged in. Yeah. Anyway, so one sentence, literally one sentence, why you like the show. We've kind of said it already, but yeah. we've kind of gone through it all. One sentence, why you like the show. It was fun to see a cartoon be like a reality TV show and switch up how it looked while making me feel like I was part of the high school kids. Okay, great. Yeah. Rating? Zero. Zero? I know you didn't hate it, but it's nothing. Yeah, yeah. I feel similarly about this as I felt about Dragon Ball Z. I didn't like... Right, I definitely thought Dragon Ball Z would have got worse than this. But I guess Dragon Ball Z had something to... Something. They're all on the same spectrum of, like, nothingness. Sorry, (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! I hated passionately. (laughs) Dragon Ball Z and this, I feel nothing for in very different ways. Okay, yeah. Um, Because I feel like Dragon Ball Z, if you like the characters, you could find something, but I didn't like the characters. And also how bloody long it takes. And how bloody long it takes to do anything. This one, I feel like it's very, like, it's episodic. You know, the story structure's... More or less work. Yeah. Um, but I just don't find anything funny and I don't find anything interesting in it. There's not really much substance. Exactly. So I feel like they're, they're, they're different because there's structural problems with that one. This one structurally is, structurally is fine, but the characters suck. The characters might be better in Dragon Ball Z. So, and so I know we're not, you know, being too strict with our, you know, doll's eyes or our ranking really, but it's still like the show can do better. And I definitely yeah. think the creators have done better. And I'm glad you're not, like, giving them a pass at this, I guess. Well, no, like, no, I mean... You're I'm not g- going to do... You would ne- when would you ever do that? When have I ever given anybody a pass on literally anything? <laughs> if there's something to critique, I'll fucking critique it. Including in my own shows. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, I was curious to think what you would think about uh, the diversity and things. And, and you know what does suck is that even though I think there are other shows, even by these creators or other shows that maybe weren't as successful that were done at this time, even cartoons, um, unfortunately, even though it, they are stereotypical, having representation, having diversity in this sort of thing are small stepping stones to get to where we're kind of trying to be so i think that's probably another reason why i really like the show there was just all different types of people yeah, that sure. you would see on that and that's not something you would normally see in any sort of romanticized american high school teen culture yeah oh, at that time very yeah often. sure sure i think um maybe like two out of a hundred points for trying <laughs> like yeah no it, the, you can tell they tried you can tell they tried. But again, you're, you're very right in terms of, is this actually having a negative impact? Is this having a positive impact? Exactly. It might have a positive impact on the industry and years later, but it might have such a negative impact on actually the people who watched it uh, and their growing up internal experience in high school hell. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting and I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. What's been in your eye this week, huh? Uh, so I have definitely been waiting week to week, but obsessed with Clone Wars, the final season. Oh, okay. It's on Disney Plus, and I'm very frustrated that Disney Plus has done this thing where it doesn't really have enough on there at the moment, but it's gone from The Mandalorian to just a few more weeks until The Clone Wars comes out. Sure. And by the time The Clone Wars is finished, we're going to be just a few more weeks until Falcon and Winter Soldier comes out, and then it'll be just a few more weeks until the next Marvel show comes out out oh but i really love this it's really fun to know that they're wrapping up the show it is not season seven it is the final season right um and so it's really nice that even though some of these characters did pop up in the spin-off series set uh years later in star wars rebels um after disney bought star wars uh it was really nice because this show never was cancelled necessarily it would just change to owners and then funding was you know moved around so it's really fun to actually get to see uh, them try 
trying to consolidate their final character arcs and knowing there's going to be an endpoint for these characters and uh, their journeys that we've seen them go on with the clones and warfare and how this all really means and, and I really enjoy it. Oh, it's 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 not as amazing as I thought it'd be, um, but it's definitely. Uh, really fun uh, to be back in this world and knowing it's got much purpose and for the last time. Mm. Yeah. Okay, great. What's been in your eye this week, Jane? Uh, I just recently watched I Am Not Okay With This. Oh, it's so good! <laughs> Have you finished it? Yeah, I finished it. I watched it all last night, pretty much. Really? I've uh, no, seen, the night before. I've seen five episodes, maybe six, so I probably don't have I don't long to go. I think there are only five or six. I think six. there's eight. Right. I think there's eight. They're very short. Yeah, no, uh, I was uh, binging it with my housemate the other night, mm. and um, he's like, just one more. And I'm like, no, 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 and he's like, just one more. And then I'm like, you get to the end of it, and I was like, is it is is it their dad? Is it powers? What's going on? And it, it was really fun to be watching it with someone, so you can kind of both try and guess. Mm. Um, but no, I uh, you tell me it's your it's what's in your eye. Sorry, I got really <laughs> excited, just uh, overhauling. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's really fun to see uh, these two characters, particularly because they were both in it. The yes, two actors. Yes. Um, I really enjoy seeing them in different. It chapter one. Oh, they were in both. They were in both. Because of the flashbacks. Uh, you know, I th- it's really fun to see them in a different context. I really appreciate the way that they've done Sydney's character. Really interesting. Yeah. Really wonderful representation. Also yeah. for just a struggling family. Not like dirt mm. poor, n- no food at all, but just well, they're, struggling. They're, they're, really, pretty, they're pretty poor. And they're yeah. pretty poor. They're like, they're struggling. And it's kind of, you know, that interesting, you know, little bits and pieces that, if you don't come from that background, maybe you don't consider mm. very much. When you like, have to count ha- your your coins that you've been given from mum at the supermarket. Well, you just, you know, like, how do I get my groceries home? Yeah. Like, that kind of, even if you have the money for the groceries, you don't have a car to get them home. Yeah, if they're refrigerated, if they're frozen. And how far away is that supermarket? Because the whole thing in the US is that there are, like, supermarket deserts. So there are, like you know, miles and miles and miles mm. that don't have a supermarket near them. So people really struggle to do their shopping. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that that's really interesting. I found it really interesting to like watch Sid go through this whole, like, she's my best friend. She's my best friend. The whole time I'm like, you're, you're in love, love with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, is this what's happening? Oh, maybe. Oh, no, oh, no. It's I definitely it, like, happening. Right from the beginning. I wasn't sure because I was like, maybe she's bi. Maybe she is well, bi. Well, I mean, I don't care if she's bi oh, or not, yeah, but yeah. she's definitely in love with Dina. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I, and, and I like the way that they, that she looked as a character. Yes. Like she was very um, kind of natural looking mm-hmm. and you can tell that she's, you know... She doesn't need to dress pretty. But it's not even about like how she dresses. It's about how they do her makeup. It's mm-hmm. about how they kind of let her be a little bit bedraggled at times yeah. and, and just kind of look like a teenager. A little bit haggard who hasn't had enough sleep. And she's 17 and, and it's quite funny to kind of see her. I'm sure that actress actually is 17 and you don't often see 17-year-olds playing 17-year-olds. Yeah, no. If they're 17, they're usually like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. So like I was watching her being like, she looks younger than 17. I'm like, no, she actually does look 17. <laughs> because we're used to seeing them a little bit older. Exactly. Yeah. So I just kind of like, I really appreciated all of those little elements from a production standpoint that really made me really like the show. And then also, I I really enjoyed the show. Like, well, well, well established world. Yeah, I think the way they 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 led you into it, pretty damn good pilot episode, if I'll mm. say. And they did a pretty good job of it. It definitely you got to understand a lot more through the next few episodes. Absolutely. But I think it's from the producers of the Stranger Things. Uh, is it? I think so. Sure. I'll just double check that. I also I also appreciated just like how the show isn't afraid to kind of go quite dark you know there's the whole mm. like her her dad killing himself yeah, like what and a having great like be... launching off point that you don't tell you straight away but just like there are families who have suicide in them That's yeah the thing. exactly and it's just it's just very like at the beginning it's very matter of fact but it's also clearly about this family that's struggling to kind of move past this thing or to accept it, it yeah anyway i just really appreciated it i i think that it's very strong. I really wish it had been longer. Um, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to give away the ending, but it's just kind <laughs> of like, I, I'm surprised that that's where it ended. I was like, this feels like 
in a normal show, this would be like the first three episodes. And where the fuck is the rest of it? Mm. Um, yeah, it's by the same uh, series creators of Stranger Things. Right. Because right. I, that's one of the, the trailers I think I saw. And I was like, whenever anyone's asked me uh, what uh, the show is, I'm like, I don't want to tell you exactly. I want you to go and watch it yourself. But I'm like, if you've seen Stranger Things, picture Eleven if she was a high school kid trying to figure shit out. Yeah, kind but, but that's of. that's not exactly what it is. It's just like to, as a, as an easy off selling point to just kind of yeah. think if some sort of supernatural thing starts happening to you in high school and you're already just a bit fucked up, that would be a fucked up situation to be in. Yeah, and it's not you don't want to draw attention to yourself. It's not super fun and exciting to have that sort of supernatural thing happen to you. Mm. It's really inconvenient. Yeah, <laughs> because you're just trying to survive high school. Yeah, and I can also see how they're going to in the next season I think try and um, subvert some of the stereotypes that they started to kind of introduce in the first season um, I can't talk anymore until you see the end of it yes, but anyway no, yeah, thank you. so yeah but uh, also I, really I definitely encourage the listeners to, to yeah, go, go watch it okay it's a really this. it's a really quick easy watch on Netflix um, original it's on Netflix and you can watch it in about three four hours <laughs> I, I don't think that's quite accurate i'm pretty sure that's really? accurate well, three, I mean, it's, it's eight half hour episodes oh yeah that's right they are 22 26 minutes right? yeah. yeah so yeah you it's probably actually it pretty three, four hours. <laughs> anyway that's all we have time for today thank you very much for listening to us uh please feel free to rate review or subscribe that's right uh you can do that in any of the apps that you're listening to you can also come over and find us on Instagram. I've been a bit stuck with the old Instagram lately. I'm trying. It's really hard. Anyway, I just moved house. It's really hard to do things when you're moving house. <laughs> Very definitely. I'm so tired. Anyway. Um, Thank so- you so much for listening. <laughs> uh, it was an interesting episode today. We ended up getting through it. Uh, I'm so excited to uh, talk about our last uh, rose-coloured... Oh, mostly... Uh, it's the last regular rose-coloured glasses <laughs> that we're going to do, and then we'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, uh, we're going to go for a different TV show next week from the yes. children region, uh, and I'm very excited to see what happens there. Perfect. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, BT Dubs, it's a show I've been wanting to watch for ages that I think is possibly the longest ever Jane's been trying to get me to watch this show. Uh, it's pretty possible. I think possibly. it might be. Possibly. Yeah. Anyway, it's up there. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. The man who killed Don Quixote. Sure. It's, it's definitely one of those things. I haven't actually seen it, but it's one of those films that film people are all about. Yeah, he's yeah. very much like... Pe- film cult, cult classic. Film he. douches love Terry Gilliam. <laughs> and I'm just like, not about it, you know? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.